Hello all, this is JC3 from Is This Real? Do you want to start your own podcast? Then look no further than Buzzsprout.com. We here at Green Hour Media use Buzzsprout, and we love the team at Buzzsprout. They are all about helping you succeed. Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. Follow the link in our show notes to let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. It gets you a $20 paid Amazon gift card if you sign up with a paid plan and help support our show. Join us and over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout.com to get your message out to the world. From the Keith Vincent Kaola Studios in Patterson, New Jersey, Green Hour Media proudly presents Is This Real? Tonight, the curse of the Bambino. Was it real? We'll find out. And now your host, JC3. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to another fantastic episode of Is This Real? Is This Real? Tonight's episode, as Dad said, we are talking about the curse of the Bambino. And if you don't know who the Bambino is, is that that is Baby Ruth himself. We are talking about the curse of Babe Ruth on the Boston Red Sox. Good, fuck them. Um, well, well, shit, that escalated very quickly. No, I, <laughs> all right, there was some anger in that. Oh my I am God. not a Boston fan. I am a proud New Yorker, and I'm well, not a New Yorker. I'm from New Jersey, but I'm a proud New York fan. Um, but in the booth tonight, as you heard, Dad, Which say hello. His teams never win, folks, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. It's been another abysmal fucking year. And they who? went down yeah. in thundering silence who? today. Who are you? Say dolphin. hello to everybody. Got lost of the dolphin. Hello, everybody, and how are you? And welcome to my sorrow. All right, so we're going to go a little bit different because, uh, you know, equipment equipment tech. Just fucking up. Uh, we have Sito uh, right next to Dad and one oh, camera. Oh, Sito's here. Sito is back. here. Sito's back for the Chris Bambino. Uh, Mr. West, Mr. West, Mr. West. Mr. West is in the building. Yes, the Muay Thai man himself. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have the Pope himself. The Pope is here. I'm the Pope. The Pope is here. Uh, and I'm JC3. So I'm going to go around and I'm just going to ask everybody just a little bit about what they know, you know, just from things that they've heard about what you know about the curse of the Bambino. I mean, Dad, I know you know, I know you know what it is. So I'm mostly trying to actually go into Sito and uh, Eric and Anthony. Mm. Would you call me? <clears throat> Mr. West. Wow. Uh, Sito, what do you know about the curse of the Bambino? All I know is that he was traded. Mm-hmm. And they would regret it. Yes. Okay. Uh, Mr. West? Uh, I am just hearing about this tonight. <laughs> do you live under a rock, Mr. I West? I do. I was with him, to be honest. Oh, my God. Anthony? I know that Babe Ruth was a black man. No. <laughs> I'm not. Actually, that's a very big conspiracy. Like, Wait, what? what? I'm huh? not joking. We'll talk about this later on the show. But what I know about the curse of the Bambino is he was traded in 1918. He went from the Red Sox over to the Yankees. And then for the next 86 years. Almost 100 years. Almost 100 years, the Red Sox couldn't get out of their way. Uh, I think they had the longest active dry spell without a championship in sports history. And uh, But the Jets are a close second. Jesus Christ, where are we? This is nothing to do about the Jets. Can we not talk about the Jets? No, we're going to talk about the Jets. We're going to talk about fucking curses and that fucking drunk bastard Joe Namath, too. Okay, go ahead. No, we're not. Okay. 
So, Dan. Oh Patreon hours. Patreon hours. Dan. Because you were alive when the curse happened. <laughs> <laughs> I got to collect and go fuck yourselves for all five of you. Go ahead. Right. There's so only four of us in the booth. <laughs> four of us. Well, whatever. Telling yourself to go fuck yourself? Yeah, Why not? Um, the what fifth you- one goes to Josh. <laughs> He's not here, but fuck you. <laughs> what do you? Uh, um, what do you remember as far as growing up and hearing about this curse and, and stuff well, like say, that? You know, just what you just said. You know that he was a uh, he. They, uh, he he was pissed off that he was traded from uh, the Boston Red Sox to the Yankees, and you know he told him he says you guys are never going to win another championship as long as I'm alive. And uh, was that you know did he have the power to have put a curse on somebody? I don't know. It seems to be because they didn't do anything to what 2012. No, 2004. 2004. I have a question. You know, what is your question, West? Where did this curse originate from? Like, who came up? Who came up with this? Yeah, idea? That's a good question. That is a good question. I'll I'll, I'll start off. I'll, I'll tell you the backstory. Yeah, so, on December 26, 1919, which uh, at, at 2022 was 103 years ago, the Boston Red Sox made the controversial and eminent uh, and regrettable decision to sell sell Babe Ruth. Um. Uh, to the New York Yankees. Babe Ruth was called the Bambino. Mm-hmm. That was his nickname. And they sold him to the New York Yankees. It wasn't a trade. They sold him. Uh, we're prior- talking about baseball, folks. Yes, we're talking about baseball. Just just backs up my idea that he was a black man. Shut up. And the white man sold him. Shut up. Oh, my God. Prior to that point, the, the Boston Red Sox won five of the first 15 World Series titles in Major League Baseball history. So they had one-third of the titles. When they when when the World Series started, so one third, with Ruth being a member of three of those championship teams, he was a pitcher and a really good slugger. Ruth was a winning pitcher of two of the six games in the 1918 World Series, giving him the confidence to report late to spring training camp that following season and demanded a big payday from the Red Sox uh, owner Harry Frazee. Mm-hmm. After Ruth negotiated a three-year, $27,000 contract. Wow. That's a lot of money in 1918. How much? $27,000 for three years. In 1918? In 1918. That's probably the equivalent to a few million back then. Probably about $20 million. Well, it's like nine, what, nine, $9,000 a year? <clears throat> mm-hmm. They get that in meal money in a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're I'll tell bald- you right now. Hold up. Okay. Inflation of... Twenty-seven thousand dollars from nineteen eighteen. Yes, nineteen eighteen to twenty twenty. Well, twenty twenty-two. That is worth five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's it in twenty twenty-two. That's it. That's it. That's enough to pay my student loans five times over. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I understand that, but you would <laughs> like, think to today's money, that, especially not, for not, a player but, like Babe Ruth. No, but think, but think about it though. That's back. Think about it. That's when the dollar actually meant something. When it was backed by gold. When it, you and know, you also can, you know gas was only like three cents a gallon. Or something. We didn't have airplanes yet. Like this is we're talking about one hundred three <laughs> years ago. Let's just put it like this. Also, this is also before like Babe Ruth was was a big name, but when he get, got to the Yankees. Well, you're in New York. You're going to be a bigger name. But I got a question about Babe Ruth. Maybe you guys can help me here. Now, I understand, you know, he he was, um, you know, a great ball player, whatever. Let's put it in perspective. There was nobody else at the time doing what he was doing. Okay. Pitching and and hitting? And hitting. Okay. There was a lot of people that during that time that was Yeah, but not hitting like he was hitting. Now, that would be. Like I said, like, like I just said, though, he wasn't. But they they said a sometime slugger from during the Red Sox, during the during Babe Ruth's Red Sox period, he wasn't as like he was a better pitcher than he was a hitter. Okay, as far as when he got, but to was the he Yankees, really that good? 
Well, when you win two out of the six games uh, in the World Series, and that's when they pitched like nine innings and then went to go drink a beer and then pitched another nine innings at that night. You know well, what I mean? I, I could be honest with you. My uncle used to hang out with Babe Ruth at least three times, three or four times that I know of. Excuse me? My uncle hung out with, with Babe Ruth after he would play in Yankee Stadium. He came, well, he came down to Patterson. There was a bar right by Hinchcliffe Stadium. And my uncle would go there, and they'd all hang out together. My uncle's got my uncle had pictures. I got to find out if he which still has uh, like uh, Felix. Felix, okay, okay. I'm about to say, I'm like Uncle Pat's a little young for that. No, 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 no. And he uh, Felix makes more sense. Well, Felix was born in 1907, so right. I mean, yeah. But anyway, he um, your great uncle Felix. I didn't believe him either, but there he was. I mean, he literally you know, photos with Babe Ruth, and I'm like, you sure, this was at a convention. He goes, what the fuck's a convention? They didn't have conventions then, you know. I mean, and but he said Babe Ruth drank like a fish. Yes, oh, yeah. he did. You know, he smoked uh, cigars and yep. cigarettes and everything else. What you know as a, as, as a sports athlete today, back in 1900s, that completely different people. Yeah, seriously. Like, they they drank in the dugout. They smoked in the dugout. They went you know? to like, they were just like, oh, yeah, we're going to the bar after the game. Because back then they weren't treated like... Yeah. I mean, yeah, they were celebrities. The to bar a was the game, right? Yeah, but like they you know, were—they they banged chicks in the in the dugout, you know, all stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, baseball was a lot more interesting. Uh, all right, so uh, the, in that year, that's, that's like, in nineteen. That's why I like this sport so much. <laughs> in nineteen eighteen, when he negotiated his three year twenty seven thousand dollar deal, he uh, the uh, the Red Sox went on to finish sixth in the American League that season, and then uh, he wanted to renegotiate his deal after that year. And he wanted double of what he was making. So he wanted uh, $54,000 a year. Which would be the equivalent to $1 million. Probably. I mean, if you're yeah, doubling Yeah, that's about that. right. Uh, Frazee, the owner, a, th- a theatrical producer and director who had uh, suspiciously come to Boston from New York City, was already in debt from his 1916 purchase of the team, and was in need of cash to finance a play called... Does anybody? Well, you guys probably. Yeah, do you know? Besides reading it, no, I don't. Wait, know. wait, 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 wait. He so was going to finance a play. He was going to find uh, the Phantom of the Opera. No, Dad. No. My lady friends. Nobody. If you ask a Boston Red Sox fan, they know that by heart because they they want they, like every time they go past this guy's grave, they like spit on it. Fuck him. <laughs> well, yeah, I have no. So I, he look, wanted, I have no love loss for any Boston fans. So I'm sorry. He, he you know? wanted to finance a play called My Lady Friends, which would go on to become the. Successful Broadway hit. No, no, Nanette. Okay, no, no, Nanette was was big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he. No, no, Nanette. Uh, facing those. Wait, financial- I'm sorry. I don't know anything about theater. Theater. What is it? What, what does that mean? Like, no, no, Nanette no, no, was no, a Broadway play. Yeah, that became a play. A, it was a play in the, in the early a musical 1900s. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so facing. Oh, but, but wait, it, it was in Boston. No, it was a. It was, no, he, it opened in Broadway in 1919, but he wanted to finance when, it. When you say when we say it's opening on Broadway, we mean like New York, New York Broadway. Yeah, there's no other type of. Oh, there's a play opening, and they like I say had, like I had that idea, but like you know, I, maybe <clears throat> maybe we'll LA would be the closest, but I think that might be LA now, not not LA then. The closest thing, the closest equivalent would be what Broadway. I'm sorry, would be West End in London. We'll be back after a quick break. I'm Howard Dory. And I'm Jess Dory. And we host Plotting Through the Presidents. We take deeply researched, deeply irreverent dives into the myths, mysteries, and scandals of the men and women who shaped America. Join us as we dive deep into topics like... The undeniable ribs of Aaron Burr. The what now? And the odd feeding habits of everyone's favorite founder... 
John, John Adams? Adams. Subscribe and follow Plotting Through the Presidents now to plot along with us. Find out more at plotpod.com. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, just leave him over there. Um, so, yeah, so when we say now he was a, the, the Frazee was a New York, uh, already a New York theater producer, and when he bought the team. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to get another play, which again becomes a very successful play, uh, or musical. It's a musical, right? Mm-hmm. Financed. Um, facing those financial pressures, Frazee agreed to sell the rights of Babe Ruth to the Yankees, Damn. who at the time never appeared in a World <laughs> Series. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know how much conspiracy he, might be true. Do you know? Do you know how much he got <laughs> oh for God. Babe Ruth? From the Yankees? Wait, 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 no, wait. I do not. How much, how much did he get? At, what, what year is this? 1918. 1919. This is 1919. So he bought out Babe Ruth's... Uh, well, the Yankees bought Babe Ruth from the Red Sox. And how much did they pay? Okay. Uh, I'm asking. Do you, do you oh, guys... Does anybody? No? $75,000. Close, but no cigar. What'd you say? $100,000. $100,000. A staggering, for that time, $100,000 they bought uh, Babe Ruth for. And he wanted his... Uh, Damn, that's like the equivalent to like five or that's been almost eight tripled, million dollars. Almost quadrupled his contract. Yep, to, that they paid for him. Yep, and he so, told him to get fucked. Uh, while the Yankees went on to win four World Series with Babe Ruth, nice. Now fully converted into a power hitting position player, so he converted from a fantastic uh, uh, pitcher. Yeah, because I've heard that Babe Ruth was like a slugger. Like he would like he would just. Blast! He would just blast them out of Yankee Stadium, like legitimately, like mm-hmm. blast, blast them yep. out of Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yep. He he was he was a but when he was with the the, the Red Sox, he was a prolific pitcher, and so this was, was in his younger days. Wasn't like, he fat too? He was a huskier type. Okay. Okay. That's just but like like I'm fat. Babe boy, is, thick. <laughs> Babe Ruth is not me. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Babe Ruth was a thicker boy, thick with two C's. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, Big boy. When he got to the Yankees, he... Uh, the brother was a light skin. Yeah, so basically he turned around and, and he was won. Was he on steroids or no? Was steroids a thing back steroids then? Steroids no? was not a thing back no, then. No, the only thing he was on was steak and cigars. And alcohol. All right, Ron Swanson. Uh, so yeah, so he gets sold to the Yankees for $100,000 in 1920, which what would be like a $5 million now? Would, something would, like that, I yeah. would say yeah. like close to seven or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so... A lot of money gets Babe Ruth gets sold for. Twenty-seven thousand was five hundred thousand. Yeah, and a hundred thousand. Quadruple yeah. it, so it has to be somewhere upwards around like two million, two point five, something like that. Maybe, maybe, maybe five might be a stretch. Ah, well, um, so he gets he goes to the Yankees, and in the twenties he wins four World Series with the Yankees. The Yankees start becoming the Yankees that we know of. Not a fan of them either. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a fan I, of them. I guess two point no. three million. That's yeah. still. You guys are still on on this money thing. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I got really hyperfixated on it, and I was just like, I need to understand they got, this. They got hyperfixated in the money. Hyperfixated. Um, I don't think that's not. A uh, so now fully converted to uh, power position, uh, power hitting position player, um, on their roster, and another twenty two before the close of twentieth century, the Red Sox plunged into a decades long. Abyss of frustration, even eerie finishes. Wow. <laughs> and we're going to take a short little break, Abyss. and then we're going to go into the despair of the Red Sox. <laughs> we'll be right back. Oh, gosh. 
This is JC3 speaking. If you want to know more about Is This Real Podcast and our parent company, Green Hour Media, then visit greenhourmedia.org. You can find and follow all of our social media pages through our website. If you love our content, then you can support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel and our Patreon page. Remember, that is greenhourmedia.org. Eric, look, we are by the water finally. Ah, water. You know what you can put water in? You know what water goes great in? Right. My Is This Real Coffee mug that you can get on www.greenarrowmedia.org. I'm not going to drink that. <laughs> Welcome back, as we're talking about the Curse of Bambino, a.k.a. the Curse of Babe Ruth on the Boston Red Sox. The light skin. Can you stop it with that? No. Why? He's not a light skin. Yes, he was. No, he isn't. <coughs> Permission to smack him? No. Yes. Do it. Do the Jesus. elbow I showed you. Wait. Smack me after you hear all the evidence. And then if you still decide that I'm wrong... I think you need to get a shock collar for the motherfucker myself, but anyway... We should give him a shock collar. <laughs> Kinky. Ooh, that would, that would All right. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Okay, so do do, do you want to say yours first? <coughs> well, the, the dad, dad had asked me that well dad had asked and who dad had asked. coined the phrase the curse of the bambino. Well, that's by Dan Shaughnessy in 1990 he wrote a book called The Curse of the Bambino. So, for 80 years we didn't have a name for this. We just knew that they were cursed. They were cursed. And then you have this guy writes a book in 1990, Dan Shaughnessy, The Curse of the Bambino, and that's what everyone knows it now as. And this was so, in 89, you said? So that was, uh, yeah, that was 1990. Nine, so you're nine. talking 82 years after he gets traded, and they, they haven't, well, sorry, 82 years, right? Or 72 years? Uh, 72 years, sorry. Uh, so, you know, they haven't won anything for 72 years. And this guy writes a book called The yeah. Curse of the Bambino. It blows up. So I still say that we can call it the curse of the, uh, you know, the Joe Namath curse. And that's all we can call it. Because the Jets will not win a Super up. Bowl in my lifetime. My God, shut up. No, we're not talking about the Jets. Bullshit. All right. This is about the Red Sox. Anyhow. Babe Ruth. You ready to hear this? Okay. So as I was saying, uh, in the 84 seasons after Babe Ruth, the Red Sox reached the World Series just four times, 1946, 1967, 1975, and 1986, losing each of the one in the seventh and final game. So they brought every – so there's seven games, if you guys don't know how the baseball World no, Series I, works out. Well, I understand, how the base, I, I understand how the baseball World Series works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least like how – You understand it too, Seth? Yeah, I understand. So for I anybody understand who's out there that's listening to us, Baseball World Series, there's seven games. It's plays – it's best out of seven. Mm-hmm. So if you win four games, you, you win. win. You win. You win the series. You win the World Series. You win whatever. You're the champion. Yeah. You so it, again, but if champion. if it's tied after six, you know, three wins, three wins, they go to a game seven. And all four of the World Series since Babe Ruth was bought by the Yankees, they lost all four in game sevens Oof, in mysterious uh, ways. Uh, no, not mysterious. It's pretty obvious no, that they lost. No, no, mysterious. <laughs> there's mysterious ways. And I'll all right, through. okay. Uh, when a ball, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get to the. These are the reported curse results mm-hmm. of reported of, of 
this, okay? So in 1946, the Red Sox appeared in the first World Series since the sale of Babe Ruth and were favored to beat the St. Louis Cardinals. Mm -hmm. The series went to a seventh game at Sports Par uh, Sportsman Park in St. Louis. In the bottom of the eighth inning, the score was tied at 3-3. The Cardinals had Eno Slater on first base and Harry Walker at the plate. On a hit and run, Walker hit a double to very short left field. Slaughter ran through the third base coach's stop sign and beat Boston shortstop Johnny Pesky's relay. <laughs> what? Not that word. Oh, okay. We're fucking around over here. Relay throw to home plate. Some say Pesky hesitated on the throw, allowing Slaughter to score, but Pesky also denied the charge. Film footage is inclusive, except that it shows Pesky is bright is in bright sunlight and Slaughter in shadow. It's inconclusive. Oh yeah, sorry. I that. Boston star Ted Williams playing with an injury was largely ineffective at bat in his only World Series. I believe that injury was the injury that uh, I believe cost him his career was the one that he took a baseball to the face. I think so. I think I mean, that would end anyone's career. Yeah. So he was playing with a broken face. The man yeah. 80, 80 miles an hour projectile coming straight at your face. <laughs> Uh, in Boom! That's gonna. In 1948, the Red Sox finished the World Series. I'm sorry, the Red Sox finished the regular season tied for first place, only to lose the pennant to the Cleveland Indians in Major League's first ever one-game playoff. Mm -hmm. So they had a one-game playoff to. They finished tied, and they had one game to settle who's gonna win it. The Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Indians at the time. You know, don't want to offend anybody. Uh, but the Cleveland Indians at that time won the pennant by beating them in that one-game playoff. Mm -hmm. Why would you offend anybody calling them the Cleveland Indians? Yeah, that's my good because because right now they're the Cleveland they, they, they are the, the Cleveland, Cleveland Guardians. Guardians. Oh, the Guardians, yes, yes. But we I mean, historically speaking, they were the Indians. Everybody's for, offended by people even yes. walking across the street. Uh, I get it. In 1949, the Red Sox needed win just one of the last two games of the season to win the pennant, but both of those games. Uh, both of those losses came to the Yankees, who won a, f a record five consecutive World Series titles from 1949 to 1953. Wasn't so they, that the golden age of the Yankees, though, with DiMaggio and... and uh, I think DiMaggio was later 50s. That would have been one of the golden ages. Yeah. See, with the Yankees, there's several different ages. Yeah, that's that, true. You that's know, like true. with the Canadians, from 55 to 60, they won five cups. Yeah. And then from 73 to 70, 78, they won four cups. So it's kind of like, you know, like the one guy said that anytime these these... These uh, these teams that go on these runs, the only way you're going to get the title out of there is to steal it. That's the only way, and that's what they do. So there is there's many golden ages the Yankees had. Yeah, that's I true, mean, that's you got to look at the late '90s too. You know when you know, they Derek Jeter and, and 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 you know that that team was fucking yeah. anybody they plugged in on that team was just amazing. Yep. So yeah. in uh, 19, so we're we're already at three instances. Well, the Mets are going to be like that this year. We have a billion dollar outfield. Uh, Not yet. In 1967, the Red Sox surprisingly reversed the awful results of the 66 season by winning the American League uh, pennant on the last weekend of the season. In the World Series, they once again faced the Cardinals, and just as they did in 1946. The series went to a seventh game. St. Louis won the deciding contest 7-2 behind the bet their best pitcher, Bob Gibson. Bob Gibson uh, defeated Boston ace Jim Long uh, Longborg, who was pitching on, a sh on short rest and was ineffective. Gibson even hit a home run against Lomborg in the game. So that was the, early 60s, wasn't it? Uh, 1967. 67. So the so, better pitcher won. And the better pitcher won the game and hit a home run. When you hear a pitcher hit a home run, that's crazy. Yeah, because pitchers I, don't usually hit home runs. Yeah. Oh, yes. You guys, are so, they're so confused right now, and I love it. 
You know what? You know what? You know what? We need to yes. do. If you're not just, a sports yes. fan, it's hard yeah. to. You, you, know, you know what we yes. need to do though? You will understand, not completely understand, but you'll understand how much I love the sport and we love the sport when you actually go to a baseball. Hold game. on, hold on. Let me. Well, I'll translate. I, I'll translate. I, I, baseball games are fun. They threw the ball, and a man who the man who throws the ball isn't usually good when he has to go to the plate and hit the ball with a stick. Because he, he's usually good at one of the two things. You're either a good stick swinger or you're a good ball thrower. And it's very rare when those two are the same thing. Well, the reason for that is because... They in, focus more on pitching than well, they do. Well, not only hitting. that, the reason for why a pitcher's never really hit is they don't play as much as the regular fielders do. Yeah, and they play once and every once every day. five days. And, and then, you know, you, at that, you're in for a couple innings. You might get up two, two times. So it's really not, you know. <laughs> okay, 1972, the Red Sox... The Red Sox ended the season with a three-game series against the Detroit Tigers, wow. over whom they held a <laughs> half-game lead in the American League East. Detroit won two of the three games to capture the division title by a half-game. Due to the player strike at the beginning of the season and the decision of Commissioner B- Bowie Kuhn, Bowie Kuhn. <clears throat> not to reschedule any strike-canceled games, the Tigers end up playing and winning one more game to the Red Sox. Finishing with an 86-70 record to Boston's 85-70 and record. That's so, a dick okay. move. Okay, so like, all this is amazing. I'm just thinking to myself, where's the cursey part about this? Because they're, they on, keep on getting, they keep on getting screwed. I, I'll give you another on. one. Hold on. No, no, there's a couple more instances before I, yours. Yeah, I would like, you know what? The reason they, they say this is part of curse, because think about it. It's, it. You know what a strike is, what happens in NFL or MLB, MLB right? A strike? Like, you just stopped playing. Yeah. So, in that season, at the beginning of the season, they had a short strike in which it affected, I think, 10 to 15 games in that season. So, they decided not to play those strike games and just start the season wherever the schedule started. So, the Detroit Tigers had one more game that they played that put them over the Red Sox in winning the pennant. It wasn't fair, essentially. So the so the, the the Tigers won one more game because they played one more game and the Red Sox didn't play the same amount of games. Yeah. All due to the timing of the Exactly. Yeah. So that they consider that part of the curse because it was an unfair thing against the Red Sox. And yeah. that the Red Sox schedule was messed up. They're just adding it to it. And this is the fourth time that this, that something crazy is happening. Fifth. Right? This is uh one, two, three, four, five. This, this is, is number fifth, five. This is the fifth one. Out of ten. Out of ten. So so the ones ten prior majors. to them were just like I guess they were. So they, so, they just lost due to the sportsman. So the first one, part of little it? things on, like uh, okay, so like nineteen forty six, it was um, too close to call, and the tie goes and, the, and the, it goes to the runner. Right, so that's what happened because no, what basically no, second, it wasn't second. that it was he went to go throw in the outfield, yeah, and they say that he hesitated, yeah, exactly. He threw well, still, which allowed the one guy to to, to score. score. Right, but my point is the, the tie goes to the runner, yeah. yeah okay. So tie goes to the runner in the first one. The second one they lost. They lost the playoff game. Yeah, and the third first one, ever, but it, because it's the Red Sox and because they're saying is right, it's a, it was the first ever one game playoff. And because it was the first ever one-game playoff, it's unfair because it wasn't a series. Well, let me ask you guys this. Did anybody ever hear him say, I cursed the, the, the Red Sox? That, that's it? mostly where I was going to... Anyone just right. sit down yeah, and I mean, think that maybe they just suck? 
<laughs> well, I'll give, I'll give you. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. But uh, look, there's a couple like, more incidences. Like, like, it's like it's a. It's a little bit. It's a little bit more than sucking. Yeah, it is. Let's just put it like this. There's a couple more incidents, and there's one particular that really stands out. That that they they think that they're cur- they were cursed. All okay. Right? So, okay. In 1975, the Red Sox won the pennant and met the. Uh, what incident was this, by the way? The, uh, one, that, the one that this one is. This is This series. is number six. Number six. Okay. And so this 19- is the one that solidified that they might have. No, 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 no. Okay, no. not that one. Uh, in 1975, the Red Sox won the pennant against the uh, dynastic Cincinnati Reds in the World Series. The Red Sox won Game Six on a walk-off home run by Carlton Fisk, setting the stage for the deciding Game Seven. Boston took a quick 3-0 lead in that game, but the Reds tied the game in the top of the ninth inning. The last inning, they tied the game in the top of the ninth inning. Uh, the Reds brought in the go-ahead run on a Joe Morgan single that sent Ken Griffey Sr. winning uh, what is regarded as the best world, the greatest World Series ever played. I, I, I'm going to sit like, here and like, tell you like, it was. I watched that whole World Series. Now, I'm not a fan of either team. <clears throat> But because, Cincinnati but because Cincinnati, the big red machine, Joe Morgan, you know, I mean, the team was Was that fucked. the same team that had, they had uh, uh, Pete Rose on, too? Pete Rose on the team. That team was stacked. Okay. So Boston gave them everything that they could have had. And Boston, like you said, went up 3 nothing in Game 7. And we're all sitting around going, oh, wow, this is going to be amazing. After a World Series in the that top, good. In the top of the ninth, Cincinnati yeah. came back and, and scored and, three. And runs. all of a sudden, there they find themselves uh, you know, within, like, here they are. They're right here. And then all of a sudden, boom. For some strange reason, they... Let the they they let the lead slip away, or they lost the game, or or whatever, and and to that fuels the fire into this supposed curse. Well, the, the morale went back. down. The morale goes down after seeing something like that, especially well, when you had the here's, lead. Here's and another it's the one. Last game of the series. Here's another one that happened in '78. Listen to this in '78. So in 1978, the Red Sox held a 14 game lead over the over the New York Yankees on July 18th. The Yankees subsequently caught fire, eventually tying Boston atop the standings on September 10th after sweeping a four-game series at Fenway Park, right. an event known as the uh, the Red Sox fans as a Boston ma- Boston massacre. Six days later, the, the Yankees held a three-and-a-half-game lead over the Red Sox, but the Red Sox won 12 of the next 14 to overcome that deficit to force another one-game playoff on October 7th, uh, October Second. 2nd at Fenway Park. The memorable moment of the game came when, came when light-hitting Yankee shortstop Bucky Dent cracked a three-run home run Over in the seventh wall. inning that hit that. the top of the left field wall, which was the green monster, and skipped out of the park, giving New York a 3-2 to two lead. The Yankees held on to win that playoff game, event, uh, 5-4, eventually winning the World Series that year. Dang, so he smacked the ball literally out of the From park. From a guy who didn't hit a home run that season. Mm-hmm. So at all, at all. Yeah, see, these are these are everything that you're hearing here is oddity. It's very strange. So here's the yeah. thing: when it comes to it, nobody cursed the bit. No, no one. When Ben the Bambino got traded, or rather sold, because uh, sold because the brother got sold. When he was sold, he never turned around. Fuck the fuck the Red Sox. He didn't do that. This this is just a series of incidents that happened over a long time. And everyone's looking at the Red Sox going, Jesus Christ, these pricks can't catch a break. And so like I said, it wasn't them. until no, the, no. The, 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 it's just it's just what it's just here, what happened. Here's the in defining the eighty years or whatever. Here's the defining moment. Hold of, on a second. And then you have this guy, Dan Shaughnessy, wrote writes a book, he went This all started when he got traded. So 
it's 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 the Bambino's fault. It's the curse of the Bambino. Had he not been traded, had the money that was used for the trade wasn't used to promote a fucking Broadway musical, maybe maybe the Red Sox would be the dominant MLB force. But that's not what happened. Maybe. Nope. Here comes the defining moment of this. <laughs> In 1986, in um, Game 6 of the 1986 World Series I'm erect already. against the New York Mets, Boing. Boston, who at the time was leading the series three games to two, took a 5-3 to three lead in the top of the 10th inning. Now, they went to extra innings. This is the top of the 10th. No, They're, yeah, I understand that. Like, yep. the game was tied. They had to go into whenever the Red, game Red ends. Sox reliever. Who was the reliever, Dad? Um... I'll give his first Calvin. Calvin Schiraldi. Calvin Schiraldi retired the first two batters in the inning. And now you know what the kicker is? He was an ex-Met. He was traded to the Red Sox earlier that year. So this is he retired the first. So you you know two you need three outs and so we were yes, retired we, I, too we, in rapid fashion too. It's like three pitches. You had two outs. Yeah. And as a Met fan, I, I, I want to take it from here. Okay. As a Met fan, we're we're, <laughs> we're sitting there and we're going. Now the Mets just had a year for the ages where they just they literally beat the shit out of everybody, yeah, the, and I mean it. They that the New York fights, Mets finished that season with 108 wins. They were they were going to win the, the World Series hands down. Here comes Boston out of nowhere, and now Boston, you got two outs. Now you're in the bottom of the tenth. All you they need is one more out, and you lose the World Series in six games, which is like as a Mets fan, you're saying all this work for nothing. Um, within after the first two outs. Then you had uh, Gary Carter hit a base hit. Just a base hit. Innocent little base hit, right? Then after Gary after Gary Carter, Ray Knight came up, hit another base hit. Then after that, it was, um, um, I'm sorry, the left fielder. Uh, Kevin, Kevin. Um, Kevin you Reynolds. It, you got it, you got it. Not Kevin Reynolds. Um, I forgot the name. The right, the left fielder. He gets a base hit, drives a run, and now you're at three. Now you're at five to four. Five to four. Mookie Wilson. Okay. Mookie Wilson. Mookie drove w- no, 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 no. He's no, not no, talking no. about that hit. Now, oh, sorry. Now there's a man on um, third base. Okay. Right. And there's a man on second base. The Mets are down by one. All the Boston's got to do is give one out. It's it. The game's over. They win the World Series. Well, Mookie Wilson. Um, there was a pass ball. In other words, the ball got past the catcher, and the guy from third scores. Now we got a tie game. And all you got to do is get one fucking out. Now, in the mysterious things that is this whole curse-like shit, now the game is tied. Yep, it is and here's the kicker five. from everything, okay? Mookie Wilson takes a slap, slaps the ball, innocent little ball that this guy, Bill Buckner, the first baseman, catches 10 out of 10 times on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. The ball goes on the ground, jumps under his glove. And it gets by Buckner. Gets by Buckner. Mets win the game. Now, Bill Buckner was never the same after that. And, I, and I, you know, as a Met fan, you know, we're glad it happened because the Mets the next day, were, the Mets were actually losing 3 nothing yeah. the next day. So here's a, and so, won the game the next uh, day, too. So in, okay. the, in the seventh game, which is, again, another seven-game seven World Series, now this is their fourth World Series that they're in since losing uh, Babe, uh, Babe Ruth. Ruth. All, all four of those World Series got, got, went to seven games. The last game they could play in those games. So, mm-hmm. in the seventh game, the Red Sox took an early three nothing lead. Kevin Mitchell, by the way, is only there. to lose eight to five. The collapse of the last two games prompted the New York Times columnist George, uh, George uh, Vexy to write articles describing the Red Sox as cursed. And then later, this guy, uh, Anthony, whoever has said, went to Dan Shaughnessy. Dan Shaughnessy went to name the curse. So that 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 pinnacle moment, and the, you hear the call all the time, especially when if you're watching baseball stuff, you'll hear that call all the time by, by uh, uh, 
the guy, he just died. Wasn't it Vin Scully who did the call, Dad? Vin Scully in 86 did the call of, yep. of the Bill Buckner yeah. era. It gets yeah. by Buckner. It is ingrained in any baseball fan. It's no kind of it's one of those moments in sports. Now I, I know it, you're not a big sports fan, but these things, these um, the, the only thing I can think of akin to that would be um, the one that they called in '62. I, I, I can't remember what it was, but the other one was a um, was a hockey analogy of 1980 when we won the when we won the gold medal. And do you believe in miracles, Al Michaels? The guy does yeah. something. Do you believe in miracles when the U.S. beat? Uh, they didn't beat Russia. They beat Russia earlier in the, in, the, in the round, but they went on to win the gold, the gold at um, at the Lake Placid, and let, no let me, one let, thought we is, could do it. Let me just put it like this: the the get the, it gets by Buckner call. In my opinion, is the is the equivalent in sports to is one great step for man, another great step for humanity. Which in, was in, fucked up, by the way. But these, we'll go there. Later. Yeah, but the, but that's what I'm saying. That is that is how the, how the, the, the thing it, that it has can, a very impactful. The yeah, thing that I can kind sports. of equate it to in modern day was when Eli threw the ball in the Super Bowl and he caught it on his helmet. David Tyree. Yeah, yeah and everyone was like, "It's incomplete," and they're like, "Wait a minute! Yeah, holy shit! He caught but it first down." The funny part about this is that there's still two more incidences on this list. Wow. <laughs> So in 1988 to 1990, oh, and in 1990, the Red Sox advanced to American League Championship Series only to suffer four game sweeps, sweeps both times at the hands of the Oakland Athletics. They were also swept by the Cleveland Indians in 1995 uh, in the division series in three games, because at that point there was only three games, extending their postseason losing streak to a major league record 13 games. They lost 13 consecutive postseason games. Yeah, let me put it in here. Just, just to, to put it in perspective, mm. what you got, like when you have these curses over so many years, you have different teams. These are not the same. Obviously, yeah. they're not, you know. No, yeah, they, they, I know that they rotate. Right, like, so, you know, you know did, in 1955, those guys are nowhere near what happened in 86. But somehow this thing, this string of incidents keeps going on. And that fuels stuff like this. That fuels the fire. And to be honest with you, I mean, it, it makes you think. It makes me think because what are these poor bastards going to do to win a goddamn well, And just think you know, about this also, right? Just like the Jets. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I lost to the Dolphins tonight, too. Uh, they lost again to the, the Cleveland Indians in 1998, uh, three games to one in the division series, and again to the Yankees in 1999, four games to one in the American League Championship Series. Right. So they can't beat the Yankees to save them their lives. Mm-hmm. They helped. Yep. Until in 2003, the Red Sox were playing the Yankees in Game Seven of the American League Championship Series. The Boston Red Sox held a five to two lead in the eighth inning, and manager Grady Little opted to stay with the starting pitcher Pedro Martinez and to go to the bullpen. New York rallied against uh, the tied Martinez, scoring three runs in the top of the uh, in the ah, on a single and three doubles to tie the game. In the bottom of the 11th, Aaron Boone hit launched a solo home run against knuckleballing Boston starter Tim Wakefield to win the game and the pennant for the Yankees. So in 2003 is when it ended because in 2004... Now listen to this. In 2004, the Yan- the Red Sox once again met the Yankees in the American League Championship Series. The Red Sox lost the first three games, including losing three Game 3 at Fenway Park to a lopsided score of 19-8. to Bam! They lost 19-8 to in a, be- a baseball game. Bam! That's a lot of runs. At that time, I believe that was the most runs scored in a playoff game. I, Bam. I would imagine 
was, was that's not the most ever scored. No, the most no. runs ever scored was by the Texas Rangers, I believe, in 2012, and they scored 32. Damn. <laughs> at, at, in the, uh, just a sidetrack on, on that game. They, wait, 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 wait. They didn't have any more pitchers to play like in the eighth inning. 32. What was the other score? 32 to 6, I think it oh was. Oh, my God. There's so, no mercy or nothing? No. So, no. <laughs> So by the eighth inning, the Texas Rangers, they didn't, uh, uh, but I forgot who they played. But the team that the Red Sox, the the Rangers were playing at that point, didn't have any more pitchers. Imagine, hold on, imagine that you're like in the sixth inning or fifth inning and you're down by 30, you're down by 28 runs. What does the manager really say to these these players? So so think about it. Come on, guys, we're only down by 18, let's go. They have no, they (laughs) have. Give me three more games, we can catch up. They have no more pitchers that they can use. And I believe they're down to their last position player to use as a pitcher. They started sending ball boys out to pitch. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Yo, that's mad disrespectful. So <laughs> that's so disrespectful. So, so leave so, it to a Texan to leave it like that. Yep. So they <laughs> lost nineteen to eight in Game like Three that. of the two thousand. Shout out to Texas, bro. In the two thousand four uh, American League Championship Series, the Red Sox trailed four to three in the bottom of the ninth inning of Game Four. Now this is in, uh, uh, this is at Fenway Park. Yeah. But the team tied the game with a walk by Kevin Miller and a stolen base by pitch runner Dave Roberts, followed by an RBI single against Yankees closer Mariano Rivera by third baseman Bill, Bill Mueller, and won the game on a two-run home run in the 12th inning by David Ortiz. The Red Sox won the next three games uh, to become the first and only MLB team to win a seven-game postseason series after losing the first three games. The Red Sox then faced the St. Louis Cardinals, the team who they... Uh, had lost two in 46 and 67, and led throughout the series, winning a four-game sweep. Cardinals shortstop Edgar Renteria, holy shit, that brings me back to when I was a child, who wore the same number as Babe Ruth, was the final out of the series uh, on a ground ball back to the pitcher Kevin Folk. Wait, they didn't retire Babe Ruth's number? No, no. no this, this was this was the, the Cardinals. Cardinals. He so, was just wearing Babe Ruth's number. Yeah. Right? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So yeah, the guy who was the final out, that finally broke the curse and let the fucking Red Sox win was wearing the same number as the man who they believe is the foundation of the curse. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of that's, that's kind of cute in its own way, right? Yeah. So they're saying that the, the, this, this curse is <laughs> kind of cute. It's, it's kind of cute in its own way, you know, this romantic and shit. Cuter than a yes. dick. So this curse what? was broken. So that's going to mean for me for that one. In the long run, that's going to mean for me that the next Jet quarterback has to wear number twelve, so this way he can toss the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl and break this motherfucking curse. Watch this: no Jet quarterback can wear the number twelve because they're retired, motherfucker. (laughs) That was the most Italian I've ever heard him ever, (laughs) motherfucker. That's the end of that. That's the end of that. Can I I have a bottle? Suck forever. I have a bottle of wine at home that was corked like the Jets of promo thing a couple that years wine ago. That wine sucked. Yeah. Uh, well, I, look at what's named after. I, I'm gonna. I, it's still. It's still closed. It got the wax seal on it. I'm gonna open it when the Jets win a Super Bowl. So that will never be uncorked. You by the time well, you open well, it, that look. wine is gonna be fantastic. You might I was gonna say it is gonna age. Beautifully. You wouldn't have to talk to Caden and see if his great grandchildren will be around to fucking open it up because that's the only time these cocks are going to win. <laughs> fucking so, piece of garbage. That, is, in all instances, <laughs> is the open and close case for the Babe Ruth curse because they didn't win a series for. I mean, it's 68 and all. 
almost yeah, almost 80, 80, 80, 80, over 80 years. Yeah. They didn't win a World Series for almost 80 years. Fuck, man. I'm going to double the time the Jets win again. Okay. So we're going to we're gonna take a short little break because this has been a little long segment. And then we'll be back to finish this episode the off. The Jets still will suck. We'll think. We'll ask everybody around <laughs> if they believe that this was a curse. And I want to talk about Babe Ruth being a light-skinned brother. Shut up. I, I, How'd you do that? We'll be right back. I need rubber bands over here. Like, oh. Hey, everybody. This is JC3 speaking. If you want to learn how everyone here at Green Hour Media is behind the microphone, then you want to check out Cafe Talk with Sito. We talk about a variety of topics from video games to our own personal beliefs. So if you want to learn more about us, be at your computer. June 1st and listen to Cafe Talk with Sito on all podcast streaming platforms. Hello all, this is JC3 from Is This Real? Do you want to start your own podcast? Then look no further than Buzzsprout.com. We here at Green Hour Media use Buzzsprout and we love the team at Buzzsprout. They are all about helping you succeed. Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. Follow the link in our show notes to let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. It gets you a $20 paid Amazon gift card if you sign up with a paid plan and help support our show. Join us and over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout.com to get your message out to the world. Welcome back to ADHD in a podcast. Mm-hmm. Come on, ADHD in a podcast. Get in the, come on. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Um, as we bring this episode to a close on another curse that, uh, it could be a curse. And look, for all the weird shit that I've seen and I've heard, if you listen to Red Sox fans, they really do think they're cursed. Yeah, but I gotta be honest with you, Joe. Listen to a Red Sox fan whine is kind of my highlight. You know, it's kind of like putting the Boston Bruins up there and watching their fans whine when something doesn't go their way. Speaking of, I don't, first of all, I don't say the Jets are cursed. They say the Jets are cursed. I don't. Oh, the Jets, are, the Jets aren't cursed. They just suck. Okay. I don't say the Jets are cursed. The owners are more on. The Red Sox op- aren't cursed. They just you're suck. Op- you're optimistic. The, the owners no, are more on. I'm not even optimistic that they're cursed. I know my team sucks because they have bad things. There's nothing There's nothing bad things. mysteriously. They have an owner that doesn't kill Okay, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Gum and walk. That, but that's, that's my thing. With this, with this Red Sox stuff, there's been a lot of things mysteriously happen. Yeah. That can be that you could sit there. Okay, I can see how it could be cursed. What mysterious things has ha- has happened to the Jets? Well, I, I you know, well, mysterious said- thing. Hold on, man. I, I, can, I you want me to go there? Okay. All right. Let's let's take let's take one off the top. Geno Smith. He was touted to be the fucking next guy who's going to come in. He's going to do this. He said he mouthed off to the wrong guy. Got a busted jaw out for six weeks. That and never we had happens. A, and we had a fantastic season. Okay. No, how about this one? How about this one? The other guy with the, the Lily White motherfucker that they they, they drafted. Um, uh, what what the hell's his name? Uh, Chad Pennington. The guy's like the third game of the season. He trips over the fucking line and breaks his. Well, fucking I mean that ankle. happened to Vinny Testaverde also, but it's not. Testaverde not- was a contact injury. The Jets get these minute the, these, the these Jets- end, ending in, season ending injury injuries and they're not. Dad, Dad, you have to understand the Jets are the opposite. They start curses. We we're, we're responsible for Brady. Let's not forget this. Exactly. Uh, yeah. There you go. There you go. And fucking he takes a fucking a beautiful shot out of takes the quarterback the fuck out. They bring Brady and next yeah, thing you know. Well. 
10 Super Bowls later, he's the greatest guy. He's banging Giselle. This is crazy. This is fucking crazy. So the Jets work on, on, on shit that fucking hurts themselves and the rest of the league, so we should take the Jets and ship them out to Cucamonga with the rest of the motherfuckers and get rid of them. No, no, I'm not saying that. God, it's going to be hard not to say that. Anthony, shut up. Um, so, no, I don't think the Jets are cursed. Do I think the Red Sox were cursed? No. <laughs> I don't know. I think Babe Ruth was the first black player oh, in Major Christ. League Baseball. Do you want to hear my evidence? No. No. Uh... Well, I'm going to tell it to you anyway. <laughs> Ty Cobb. Why are you so loud? Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb. <laughs> and his brother, Cornamba. <laughs> no. Eric's, hey, Wes, you're going to want to hear this. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll be very honest with you. You're going to have a really tough time beating what I just saw and just put together right now. I have no idea what's happening. Exactly. Well, that's the problem. They should be focused on the podcast. So there was a sports writer named Fred Lieb. And yes. Fred had an interesting story about Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb. Uh, Cobb and Ruth were supposed to go on a hunting trip, and Cobb said no. Cobb said, I would never bed down with a hmm, and I'm not going to start now. He called Babe Ruth the N-word. This is 1920. So that was 19... So he called him the N-word in 1920, Okay. Uh, Babe Ruth was also called an N-word and other racial slurs by a guy named, by a Giants player named Johnny Rawlings at the 1922 World Series. And when Ruth took a baseball bat to him, they didn't get to him, but he tried to, uh, there was a biographer named Robert Creamer, and he said, Ruth asked the journalist, do not write anything about this. He goes, I don't mind being called a cocksucker or a prick. But don't call me any of that personal stuff. Why would he take racial slurs as a personal stuff? Babe Ruth was notorious for being at the Cotton Club in Harlem. He dated black women. I think that Babe Ruth was a light-skinned black man. After he, after the Yankees won the 27 World Series, he befriended Satchel Paige and sat down in dugouts mingling when, you know, uh, back then when everything was segregated. He didn't give a fuck. That pissed off the commissioner, Kenshaw Mountain Landis, who didn't want that to happen. No, do you know why? Do you do you do you honestly want to know why they sat there and they called him those names? Why? Because anybody who sat there and had an affinity or whatever affirmity, whatever the fuck you want to call affiliation, when, yeah, affiliations with 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 African American players or anything like that. I at mean, that point, they called those names not because they were, but because they were with. I don't know about that. He, he, dude, when he was dude, raised, I've seen in, photos he was, of black. I've seen photos of black and white, and Babe Ruth is a white man. He was born Babe from Ruth, German parents. Yes, that's true. But during his stay at the St. Mary's School for Boys, he was called N-word lips a lot because he had very broad lips and a nose. So okay. he's been called that his whole life. Okay, this means nothing. All I'm saying does is, does it have anything to do with his curse? I don't know if it has anything to do with this curse. I just think. Wait, 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 hold on. You're trying to say that they were cursed because because he was a black man? No, I'm not saying it was cursed because a black You're man racist. was racist. Damn. What I'm saying is that Dishonor, we want to talk about child. this conspiracy about this Boston what? team that just sucked for 80 years. Dishonor, when the true conspiracy child. is that Babe Ruth was the first black man in MLB history. No. No disrespect to Jackie. He wasn't. In fact, Jackie Robinson wasn't the first black man in MLB history. 
Huh? Jackie Robinson was not the first black man in MLB history. Who was it? I forgot. I forgot his name. You're gonna have to. Because it says Jackie look, Robinson. You, when, I thought. Yeah, I thought that was something that you had engraved as you're like. Mm, no, it's just like. Um, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, uh, dead air, dead air, dead air. It's not dead, dead air. Okay, he, he he was he was a man who loved to do things. <laughs> he emphasized he empathized with the Negro League. He he he. Yes, because that's that's what sound that's what it sounds like to be a compassionate human being. Well, you're right, but uh, you're absolutely. Right. I'm not going to deny that. But this is at a time where you know that was pretty that much. That sounds like unho- being a compassionate human being. Yeah, I understand that. But like, this is at a time when like that was the norm. Yeah, like it was, it be, was weird yeah. to be compassionate. Yeah, exactly. He would, he didn't fit the norm. So, is there something wrong with not fitting norm? No, 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 no. Oh, I, all, all I'm saying is that it's a lovely, lovely humorous theory. I don't but think I'm it's humorous just, at all. I, I, I think it's pretty humorous. Of course, I, Babe I need, Ruth I need is a this white fucking man. thing. Well, anyway, I, I, let's get on with it because that's not part of the curse. Come on. <laughs> okay, I did. Anyway, we can at least say this: he is the first black baseball player, the same way Bill Clinton was the first black president. No, no, <laughs> Jesus I like Christ! To think Bill Clinton, my rabbi. <laughs> my Bill Clinton was a black man. Anywho, did you guys see that clip? No. Uh, so, Dad, we'll, we'll start. I'm going to speak for Roadblock and say that I don't want to be here anymore. Do you think I hate it here. that? Well, I mean, he's not here anymore anyway, so he got what he wanted. Uh, do you think that uh, Babe Ruth, this is the curse of Bambino, is true, or was true? I'm gonna say I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say I don't believe there was a curse, but I'm gonna say that it might have been something that was ingrained in. Nah, I can't even say that either. I, I'm going to say I don't. I don't believe there was a curse. You don't I, believe in curses, do you? It's not. not a, I do believe in curses. Obviously, I do. But but I don't believe this was a curse because if it was, then we really didn't touch on who might have gave the curse, who done. You know, who did the curse? No, there was nobody that said Babe Ruth did it. There's so no origins to it, right? There's no origin to it. So it came out of a book that was written in the you know '97 or whatever. That's just it is. the title. It just what happens. This team sucked. For ninety, did years. a lot of weird shit happen that, that you can sit there and go, mm, yeah, you know, maybe, yeah, it did. There was a lot of weird shit that went on. Um, curse wise, I think that maybe it's like kind of like a Jet fan when something negative happens, the whole world comes to an end. <laughs> you would know. You know too. No, the whole world doesn't come crashing for me. Salut. I know what Thank my you. team is, and I know how my mm-hmm. team can pro- uh, progress. Bless you. Salut. Salut. Preemptively. Thank you. Thank you. And thank Anyhow, you. Anyhow, so. So that's a no from him, dog. That's a no? That's a no from me. Sito? The curse of Bambino, a.k.a. I just need an excuse to figure out why my team sucked for so long. Okay. So let's be honest. It's a mixture of we suck, we got bad luck. One time it was unfair. <laughs> when you say bad luck, can't you just consider a curse bad luck? No. No. Why? There's no such thing you. as luck. There's no such thing as luck. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I, luck I, is probability. If probability does not no, exist, no, 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 no. Probability and luck are two different oh, here things. Here we go with the college. If you want to, well, if you want no. to consider them two different things, then how would you separate them? 
Luck is the idea that things are going to go right or wrong for you. A good probability of something happening. Of outcome. Probability comes down to math. Like, no. Yes, in actuality, if you want to consider luck anything, luck is just a good or a higher chance of probability actually happening and going in your way. But hold on a second. That's but the definition of good luck. Bad luck is a completely opposite definition. I don't so know So luck in not. general is just the definition of probability of something going on. Okay. No, there's a whole. Okay. Favor. Okay. No, no. I'm gonna stop this right here because, because the chances are still there. Hold on. Wait. Wait. Time out. I'm gonna stop this right here because I don't no idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> so you say no, right? No. No. Wes. Nay. Nay. Anthony. Red Sox suck. No. That's a no. <laughs> Fucking curse. Okay. I say yes. All I'll right. be the only one that's on that oh, side of the fence. You want to be that guy. Because of all the shit that happened. Like, again, if you know your team sucks, and I know the Jets sucks, the Jets suck, I'm not going to sit there and that they're cursed. It's a podcast to itself. I'm not going to sit there and say that the Jets are cursed. No. I'm not going to do that. All right, we're going to have another one at, at, at towards the end of the season. The curse of 1940 with the New York Rangers. That you consider a curse or not? There's not a lot of things that happened in that. Well, but well, again, well, well, we'll sit there well, and we'll next. talk about it there. That's there's a, not even close to this curse. This there's curse. a lot of shit that has happened with the Red Sox over the 86 years that they said, you know, 86 years. That this month, that this motherfucking owner turned around and sold. They didn't even get money for it. They didn't. The Red Sox organization didn't get money. They didn't get players. The owner got money to finance a Broadway play. That was yeah, in see, New that's York. That's not fair either because a lot of the owners did the same thing. They, they didn't sell their biggest players. No, a lot of them couldn't pay him anymore, Joe. They wanted astronomical fees. And they forget that's fine. To buy. They still. That's fine. You could sit they there and cursed. say, but it's not even that. The the teams at that point and the owners. If they couldn't sell or they couldn't pay their players, they were selling them to other teams and getting stuff in return for the progression of that team. When you say, I'm selling my best player to produce a Broadway play that has nothing to do with the team, and then that team goes on to win four World Series in the next seven to ten years. I understand what you're saying, but it does happen. With that player? Okay, look at the guy who owned the the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh, uh, Pirates. He never improved the fucking team. He still doesn't. That he, team sucks worse than the he, Jets do. That, that, that organization is worse, and they, any money they get, they, they put into everything else but the team. That's possible? So. Yes, that is possible. To be anyway, who's Jets? up next? Nobody. I mean, we're, uh, we're, right. what, uh, what are we doing next week? All I'm saying is I, I'm, I'm on that thing. I think they're cursed, and it, it, is, it is glorified by the Buckner play. Okay, I can't argue with you on that because I mean I, I've seen. Even that. though even though Babe Ruth I believe was dead at that point in '86. Oh yeah, he died in '47. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Babe, Babe Ruth was dead at that point and had your forty almost sixty years past it. But that is the because they they had they had that World Series down but one. You know it, what I mean? It actually down to one strike. Exactly. Like, the Mets fans were sitting there like, no, we're fucking cursed. No, we did with the game. Yeah. We're sitting there going, this game is over. We couldn't believe it. We're looking around the room like, this is not going to happen. And then when it did happen, the elation, I mean, was yeah. just through the roof. Which is why the 86 World Series, again, is one of the top 10 World Series of all time because of that play. Yeah, but mm. nothing's as good as the 75 World Series, in my opinion. But, but next, what do we have next week? Next week is the curse of the little bastard, the car that James Dean was driving. James Dean, the actor. Yes. Yes. No. No, I know. I know that he had a. He, what was it? Uh, was it a Mustang or an Aston Martin or something? No, it was a, it was a Porsche Spider. I've never. 
How old was he? One of those cars. James Dean? Yeah. He was he's, 27. He's dead. 90% of right. these curses I've had even heard of. No, I know that. 90% of these curses you haven't heard of? How I old was he when he died? Jesus, you have to get out of your room. No, I need there, to go there's a grass, lot. Right? Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. He was 24 years old. Let me go look at the losing teams that... The Jets. First of all, it has nothing to do with the teams. Hold right? on, can I just can I laugh real quick? I typed in James Dean. Yeah. Comes with the porno actor. <laughs> Asshole. I think he's blacklisted. Yeah, probably. He can was we a not, little no, too rough that's, and that's, quiet, can, you. Be an adult. He's got two charges again. Did yeah. he end up in jail like Ron Jeremy? Yeah, he was Ron too... Ron Jeremy is actually getting off of jail, He's too way. rough in when some of his happen? scenes. Well, because he apparently has too much dementia yeah. that they're not going to let him serve out his sentence. They're just going to let him die at home. Well, he didn't even go to trial yet. Oh, the whatever. trial was pushed back because of it, but then now if he's got too much, to I don't think he. Trial, no, no, it's like he's been declared incompetent to stand trial, but I don't think they're going to release him. Well, they have to then because he was he was charged. But if, if you're going to stand incompetent, how did we yeah, get here? Yeah, they're not going to stand. If you're incompetent, <laughs> next you're, week's episode. You know, if you're incompetent to stand trial. All right, so trial, next next week we're talking about James Dean <laughs> and the curse of that little bastard. That was such a genuine or AK, moment. Like, my how nephew. Did <laughs> how did we get you? <laughs> no. Um, oh wow, he God. suffers yeah, from I, 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 some I, I, quiet. I, I, he's suffering from. He's suffering from severe dementia, and there is no evidence he's faking his symptoms. So the hedgehog so is not there dying. anymore. The hedgehog thinks he's a a hedgehog giraffe. I just got a problem with the whole situation, but that's a podcast. Yeah. For okay. Me so uh, next week, we're t- like I said, we're talking about the curse of the little bastard. Uh, by the way, guys, just to end on a good note, we have two Patreon subscribers now. Yay! You know, so we have two Patreon subscribers. Uh, one of the, the, the girls who bought a sweater, uh, she sent me a picture. She has her sweater, and she's wearing her sweater. So we have merch out there. We have Patreon subscribers. We have more people buying our Patreon now. And the live, the TikTok lives help. So if you want to see us, Sunday nights around uh, 9, 9, 10 o'clock, we're going to be on live. Come talk to us. On our TikTok page. So, everyone, say goodnight. Adios. Adios. We'll catch you guys next week. Remember, I love love y'all. Question. I love y'all. Everything. Everything. I love y'all. Goodnight, guys. I love you. Konnichiwa, bitches. It's Ryu West speaking. If you want to find out more about the Is This Real podcast, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash isthisrealpc or on Twitter at Is This Real PC or on Instagram at Is This Real Podcast, all one word. <laughs>